Welcome to the Overreact podcast. In a society that puts women in a box, let's overreact. It's your host, Monica Mohoya. It's your girl, Angela Wamboi. And it's your girl, Lash Angela. We want to welcome back all of our overreactors to another episode of Queen Hustlers Season 3. And a big welcome if you're tuning in for the first time. So, I want to let you all know that it's our goal to reach 1 million streams this year. And so if you haven't already, please subscribe to Sister Speaks Global Podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Anchor, as well as Capital FM on SoundCloud. I can't help but smile um, whenever I hear about successful women in business and entrepreneurship. I'm not sure if it's because they're shattering the glass ceiling or is it that they're demonstrating to other women that it's possible. Whatever it may be, successful women in business are an inspiration as one woman's success is another. So let's just get started since we are entrepreneur women in the house. Yes, and we have the right powerhouse in the house uh, who is who is going to break down her entrepreneurial journey. But just to set the pace, uh, Kenyan women contribute significantly to the economy of this nation. Oftentimes, they go unnoticed, notably in the rural all informal business sectors. However, compared to their male colleagues, women confront more severe legal, regulatory, and administrative obstacles when founding and maintaining maintaining businesses. So welcome to this season, uh, because your story is going to inspire and empower a woman who is sitting on that business idea to take the next step to build. We have Wanjiro Mambo, a hustler indeed, a founder, a wedge heart potato processor, and many other the ventures. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Welcome. So happy to have you. Yeah. Tell us about uh, about yourself and a fun fact before we get into the conversation. All right. Uh, I'm um, I'm very aggressive, outgoing, and I am the kind of person who say, "Let me just do it. I'll figure out as I go." So that's how I've been in business. Managed to do so many business. Um, I think uh, my mind is always racing on what's the opportunity. Even in other people's businesses, I'll always be thinking, I think you should do this differently. And uh, my journey started way back, I think, uh, from campus days. I can't even say from my childhood. I remember one scenario where... The one I remember most, you know, I come from Limuru where we have a lot of plums, especially during, uh, you know, December. So there's one time my mom found me, I put my sweater and I've arranged the plums like they do in the market. Yeah, so I think I started (laughs) (laughs) wanting to do business a very long time ago. Yeah, so, but in campus also, just to get some pocket money, I did a lot of jewelry from Masai Market, I'll go and sell. I used to do handbags, go to Gikomba, uh, you know, pick handbags and sell, go to Jericho, do some which are handmade. Yeah, so I started, uh, you know, it has always been from one business trying out something. Yeah, wow. so you want me to tell you about everything? What's, uh, your, <laughs> yeah. like, what's the fraction between you working for somebody mm-hmm. and uh, now and working for yourself? Like, what would you say? You worked more for yourself than you have? Yes, I think I've worked more for myself. Uh, from my campus days, I believe I just worked for three, four years. The rest have been self-employed. Yeah. Uh, but I'm lucky because it hasn't been an eight to five job. I've been in the sales field. Mm-hmm. So you're always out there, you know, trying to, you know, talk to clients, business development, having ideas on how to promote their products and all that. So 
I've not done an eight to five job, and I think the spaces I've been also have helped me with, with being the kind of person I am. I, I'm not settled. I want somewhere I can share my ideas, you know, come up with new things of doing, uh, you know, new ways of doing things. Of yeah. course, I love the way you your first way to describe yourself of, was aggressive because yes. this Nairobi requires that, especially when I, when you you are a woman running your own business and then the whole business environment is very harsh to us. So when you started the plums, uh, the jewelry, <laughs> the bag, <laughs> what was the driving force? You know, in school we were taught entrepreneurship is a as a result of factors of production, some people like ourselves, we went into entrepreneurship because of impact. And sometimes some people go to school to acquire skills in entrepreneurship. How did you explore this is your thing? Like you can do any business. Okay. I, I think what I will describe myself, of course, money is a driving factor for all, but I've come to realize I'm a seasoned person and whatever my mind is at, I put all my focus. So I go, for, uh, it's about my passion and all that. And there's a friend of mine who described me one day and told me I'm a good starter. Uh, so what I need to look for is somebody to continue with whatever I start. Because also I have a tendency of getting tired. So you just need to make sure your passion on this, on the, on you know, on whatever business you're pursuing is still there. It's something you love doing, and when you feel it's dying off, get people who you know energize you and you know help you come up with new ideas. And the doers. yes, yes. And yeah. I, if I'm done with something, I think I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> but you're you have just a passion. <laughs> yes, I go, I go, I, I go all out. I go for it. I pursue it. Yeah. Um, so as an entrepreneur, of course, you know, there's so many ups and downs before you find your flow. Um, so to any entrepreneurs that are starting out, mm. what is one challenge that you experience that is something that's a lifelong lesson for you that you apply and implement in any business that you're starting? One, um, the main factor, and I think it cuts across many businesses, not just women-led businesses. It's, uh, I, I, I say, it's and it's common in all the businesses I've, I'm, I've done, and I know. I hope in future I'll, you know, I'll get it right. It's a working capital thing. I start a business today. Whatever I sell today, I want to reinvest to buy, let's say, stock for tomorrow. I have set up a place. I didn't finish paying my plumber or the electrician. I'm hoping I'll sell today. Then pay this person. So you'll find you're always in a, you know, it's it's a circle and uh, it's more of a pick money here, you know, cover up here. So I feel if you're to do a business, plan it very well and have good working capital because you find your operational money is being used for other, you know, we call them the capex, the capex, the capital mm -hmm. expenditures. So you always find your your working cap. You have a working capital issue, more of a cash flow issue for many businesses, and that's why it also leads you to take a loan here, pay this one, pick, uh, borrow money here, pay this person. So it's a big problem with so many businesses, uh, but then. You know, as I say, sometimes you just want to start and figure yeah. things out, but that will always be an issue in many I, I businesses. Think, you know, you can't grow if you don't invest, and mm -hmm. that's one of the things that the challenges I think mm -hmm. small businesses have. Mm -hmm. They don't. They they want to start, but they are lacking the ability to have that. Um, like step and, and yes, courage yes, to yes. just go for it and invest because they are constantly thinking, Kaina, if I lose money here, mm -hmm. how will I like exactly. continue? Yeah. Um in Kenya, like in the service industry, um, businesses, you know, 
can be demanding, as you know that. But you've been able to create a freedom for yourself. You're mm. juggling motherhood. Mm. You're ju- juggling family. You're juggling running Empire Lounge, Art Lounge, mm. um, a curry a company. Mm-hmm. You've got the food. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Yeah. 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 You're, you're leading yeah. in, um, yeah. you know, helping, being one of those uh, companies that are leading in the potato industry in Kenya. Talk to us about a little bit more about the agribusiness and okay. Wedge Heart mm. and how that came about. I guess it started with the plums. Now we see. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think uh, fast forward now, when you're doing business, you know, seriously, a registered company and all that. My first business was the courier business, mm. uh, which was back in 2015. It was after, you know, I was in employment. I was thinking, I'm tired with this. So, as you say, I bought a fast motorbike put it outside where I used to work, then I'll have... Did you ride the motorbike? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Yeah, the funny thing, I fear motorbikes, even being carried on a motorbike, yeah? Yeah, but so that was my first business. And, uh, you know, from one motorbike growing to two to three and all that. And I remember there's a, uh, I joined a networking group and uh, when I was there, I was very young and people would ask me, how many motorbikes do you have now because you have a career company? Mm-hmm. I had three and I would say I have seven. So one person introduced <laughs> me to one big company and told me, so when I went for the meeting now that day i told them i have 10 and i had now three and i told people i had seven then they gave me the job i told them give me two weeks i reorganize myself i organize my clients then we are good to start and that's how i find found my first contract a monthly contract for a company it's a food a restaurant a chain of restaurant they wanted 10 of them. So I just figured out something and, you know, we I got them the that. 10. I love <laughs> you know, they say, fake it till you make it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it all started. And it was a good uh, business. And that has been my baby business. You know, I've learned so much from it. The ups and downs, the doors I've knocked and all that. How many years is uh, that now? So that's now eight years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, then from there, I was a bit, you know, the mood for Korea and all that. Yeah. So we do. We started. Me and my friends decided to get into the hospitality industry. So we had a small restaurant uh, called Empire. It started off in Upper Hill, uh, but then one year down the line, COVID started. COVID oh, happened. I missed those Yes, yes yeah, yeah. You remember? Oh. So, <laughs> so then you know, as I'm saying, today it's over. You have your stocks and all that. So we had some potatoes. A friend of ours had brought us potatoes from Nakuru, like four sacks. I said, ah. Let me carry this. I'll try your food from the house. Because you're even sharing stock. You'll carry some meat. I'll carry some sausages. You carry this. The dry goods, the alcohol, and the, you know, soft drinks we can return to the vendor, you know. Yeah. So when I went and started selling the potatoes, my neighbors were buying. That's the time for panic buying. Then I called my mom from Limuru. Can I get some more potatoes? I did like two trips. Then I thought, ah, so what else do we do about this, you know? COVID is here. Your courier business, somehow it had dipped a bit. <coughs> then no restaurant and all that. That's when I remember I had met a friend who used to do the processing of potatoes. And I asked them, do you still do the business? What happened? And I did my own research and all that. And I was like, I think I can give this a trial. So thought about it in 2020, had a baby th- that you time. Had enough time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 2021, I met uh, one of my very good friends. Uh, he works in one of the retail stores and he told me, by the way, that's a very good business, you know. So you register a business, you can give you a few branches to supply. So that's it. And 2021, we started off. But the friend who had stopped the business went, took over their space, and there's few machines they had. But then over time, we had to grow the space. We had to move on. We started from producing. I, I, I used to get excited. Like, I'm processing 100 kilos. It's so exciting. Wow. Then you move 500, 1,000, no... 
you're processing maybe 5000 to 6000 a day so it's been quite a journey did you like set targets to get to that point yes, or were you just going oh my flow? goodness i used to have an account i have an accountant who kept telling me Wanjiro, the only way for you to make money is volume. So the only way for you to make money is volume. So I was so desperate for that volume. You know, it's about the economies of scale. Yeah. Either I pay rent this amount and I produce X amount, you know, the rent is standard. So right. it's about volume. So that's what I've been working on, volumes, volumes, volumes. I remember there's sometimes last year I was like, I've done the targets, then... Are we still ma- where are we making we're not we're not where we want to be then he tells me but you have to work on a b c d so it's been quite a journey and learning but also you put it to you know go do your research engage with people around that industry because it's a totally different environment my mother who my mother and father were agricultural extension officers my mother laughs at me and like, Yani Shiro, you're the one asking me about potatoes. <laughs> oh, <I> <laughs> telling me to take you to the farms and all that. She's been very instrumental on all this because that's her background. So she'll give me a few tips here and there, connect me with a few people she knows from there, you know, in the agri, in the ministry. So it's about a lot of learning. And every day we are learning, then have the right people uh, mm-hmm. around you. That's what has made me juggle all these businesses. I'm the kind of people who... When I'm hiring, I want to give somebody a role that they will handle it very well in my absence. Oh, so I've, I've empowered people. Like in my career business, I've had an operations manager for the same period of time. Um, then in, even in the food industry, I got to have somebody who has been in the, in the agri space. He's our BDM and marketing person. Uh, then you, I hired a food someone who is a food science graduate so that now they understand. When I'm told your chips are darkening and all that, your water is smelling, they're able to now, you know, give me the information. Your water is smelling because of ABCD. You need to do the testing (laughs) and all that. And the food industry, because of food security, has a lot of demands in terms of the hygiene standards, how you handle things. You have to have SOPs. Like I had also to get a consultant for a period of six months to take us through the process of this is how our food uh, processing factory needs to be. So it's a lot of learning and get the right people around you. Yeah. What I'm hearing, mm-hmm. you started with what you had. Mm-hmm. And so many people are just sitting on ideas until they have this big capital, yeah. big check, mm-hmm. this big motivation, this big miracle that will happen so that they can launch their businesses. Yeah. And also one thing that I've learned that you're a product of um, you know, your environment. Yeah. You talk to your friend and he opened up that you know chain for you to mm-hmm. be able to sell. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there, you have a business, start with whatever you have. Exactly. And turn a loss you know, because you are going, you're closing shop, right, yes, yes. at Empire. Mm-hmm. So it birthed this amazing, amazing thing mm-hmm. that you're doing, especially yeah. in the food security, yes, yes. which is our name thing now, right? Yeah, so inspiring. It's a real Thank conversation. You. Thank it's you. Food safety sharing. and security is, is yeah. real. Yeah. Um, so there's something that you shared. Mm-hmm. Uh, this line that says, "Stop having a bedroom affair with your business." <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know everyone can interpret it differently, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely it, it's it's a light bulb moment. So tell us what un- unravel that statement. What does that mean? Okay, what it means, um, and I was told by one gentleman who has helped me also with my strategies. He's called Dr. Omondi. Um, he told me one thing. Women, sometimes we, because we are scared, you are afraid, we play it safe. So it's my business. I've nurtured it. You know, I want to grow it. I want to be the sole owner. If I bring these other people, they'll think about me. 
maybe also you're not making profits but that's what is you know you're so scared of even opening up yourself to you know undressing to the world about the reality of your business so that's what it means you need to stop having a bedroom affair with your business and open it up open it up to you know going for bigger business uh, more strategic partners also employing uh, better people and uh, what the difference between us and men i think uh, we are very scared of the unknown and you want to play too safe but men will go out there they will talk big they they think you know they want to be here in 5 years and that's what they are selling so that's the same thing yes i could be here i could even not be making the profits but in a few years i'll get there so let's open up our businesses for help and get the bet- the best people to help us get there employ the best you know it it gives you a you know a f- your you you move faster than just you know just struggling there alone it's my business you know yeah. yeah so that's what we need to do as women we need to have the courage to go out and you know get a big business um ask for help where we can and um, look for those people who will drive us to the next level think like a man in business yes uh-huh. exactly <laughs> <laughs> so so um so as you which is great i think those are the things that we need to employ but we also need to look at the trends that are happening mm-hmm. uh with what's happening especially now with mm-hmm. covid and mm-hmm. technologies mm-hmm. really uh, changing how yeah. we approach businesses mm-hmm. but then there's the talk of climate change and mm-hmm. and what are you guys doing in your businesses okay. to become more sustainable All right so the topic of climate change and I think especially last year there was even a conference about it the people are signing you know agreements regarding that it's a very it's a topic that every person needs to take at heart and think what can I do in my small space for you know to sustain our our environment because we, we are we are doing badly uh, so for me and you know in agriculture what we need to do is Um, nowadays you have the issue of like the rain patterns are not so good so it's my responsibility as a business owner and even our government you know train and give information and education to farmers on what can they farm that is more sustainable what doesn't you know like short cycles and all that um potato in my case at least you can do three times a year because it's uh, you know every three three months and like the maize and you're finding yes we need the maize but you're finding now a shift from maize growing places people are shifting to potato so i feel we need to teach farmers to do the proper agri business uh, monica i mentioned uh, you know <laughs> there is a place where, <laughs> where it's a, it's well known for potatoes but they're not I am doing kinango people yeah, you know <laughs> but they're not doing agri business they're just doing <clears throat> farming the old ways that they used to do so we need to think about with my small piece of land what can i do for maximum output then how do you also protect our environment there's also the conversation about gmos and all that yeah, which yeah. Uh, sometimes you you're afraid of mentioning but the the situation is driving us to that because we can't sustain ourselves africa is not able to feed itself yet we have the best soils the best environment so if we don't want the gmos to come here we need to farm smart to do proper agri business that's the only way we can save ourselves and the 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 big topic uh, there's an event i attended on food security last year the the main thing was africa feeds africa because we can so we need it's to possible. yeah it's possible we have the best environment and all that look at places like congo a very fertile land a lot of virgin land but they are not doing the farming that needs to be done mm. 
So we need to drive our conversation about smart farming and doing farming as an agribusiness, not just the normal farming you are doing. Yeah, yeah. I how? Like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious mm-hmm. how you've been able to change the mindsets of farmers. You know, who've done mm-hmm. uh, traditional farming for years. Mm-hmm. Now you're telling them, okay, that has to stop, mm-hmm. and this is the way you should do modern farming. Okay. So how has that been? And also speak about like how you're doing empowerment, mm-hmm. because as much as you have your personnel, which I know have a lot of women, uh, how do we empower women farmers where you get you source for your produce? Okay. Yeah. Uh, these farmers, one, farming is the only thing they know. Like people from Kinangongke. <laughs> Farming is the only thing they know. You know, you, these people can't do any other business. So what you're doing, we are going to the ground and especially the the, the areas with a good environment to do farming. Uh, we are also working with the societies, the circle, the women groups and all that. We bring people together. We educate them. We want them to understand. These potatoes, not just the top potato pe- people cook in the kitchen. We have processors. Processors, this is what we do. I've gone and met people to tell them, this is what we do. We pick your potatoes, we, we peel them, we clean them, we cut them. And people are surprised. Like you supply ready to cook chips, you know. They think like every galitos, every java, every chicken, you know, people are just peeling. But those are things... They didn't know it exists, so you educate them. Then you tell them, these are my requirements. When there was a conversation about KFC and everyone boycotting mm-hmm. that, and everyone would even tag me. Then I told guys, listen, tell me where those potatoes are. You're showing us Kinango people throwing potatoes. Uh-huh. Tell me about the them. <laughs> but then the standard, I go mm-hmm. there, it's all seeds, small potatoes. They need to understand, if I'm coming to buy potatoes, allow me to grade them because this is what I need. But also, for us to avoid grading, farm the right way. So we have been doing a lot of education. We have a project called Mavuno Zaidi, where we work with uh, Sigenta. Okay. Uh, they do inputs. We have organization that does certified seeds, where we're encouraging guys, don't recycle that seed for over six years. You borrow your neighbor, you know, the ones to, <laughs> to plant, go for certified seeds. Yeah. And it has proved to give us a four times output than what you have before. So then we have Equity Bank, who is also coming as a financier to show uh, farmers, wait, Yes, you have this small piece of land. We can still finance. You see, the farm itself is is um is security enough. Then myself, I'm the off taker, so the market is already there. So those are some of the projects, and it's working very well. There are so many farmers that are very positive, and you know they want to learn. You call for those kamkunjis, and guys are very happy to learn and you know to get to know what is better farming. That's wow. absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you alluded working with you know those organizations, organization like Sigenta. Mm-hmm. How have you navigated the harsh business environment? We are coming from COVID. Everyone mm-hmm. is holding money. This looming recession, um, climate change, mm-hmm. uh, everything. The change of government. Ah, all this. <laughs> yeah, I, as in the odds are against okay, you. Yeah. How have you uh, navigated the business environment and how are you navigating the funding aspect, especially in your industry? Okay, so of course it's it's been uh, tough and, you know, um, we have all gone through that phase. It's a very bad phase and we are still not yet out of it. Even with our new government, you're very positive about it, but it'll take a while before we get there. So... 
of course, and it's a very capital intensive business considering I have to pay a farmer in cash, but my clients will pay me up to 30 days and all that. So, but the other positive thing is there's a government and many agencies interested in the climate change issue and agribusiness. So for me is just working smart. I'm preparing my business for the next level. Structures, like uh, last week I had a strategy meeting. I did a three-year strategy, so it's well formulated work on your SOPs, you know, the hygiene that is required, the, the requirements in that market. This is been a huge market for export of agri products, you know, from Kenya to other countries. So for me, what I'm doing to be able to get out of that phase or to get through that space is just aligning my business such that it's investor ready, it's funding ready. Yeah. Um, you, t- you know, when you were saying that you, Mavuno, uh, and you've connected with all um, I guess mm-hmm. uh, divine connectors, mm-hmm. um, and that you know you've you've got people who can do this. You are doing this. Mm-hmm. Someone else is doing that. So you're all like networking. Yes, yes. Um, I think as we wrap it up, a lot of people um, don't uh, think about that. They going back to your statement about bedroom business. Mm-hmm. You just want to do it in your own like little cocoon. You're not thinking about how do I? I can actually work with. Yeah, we are, we are different in business but similar. Yes. So, and a lot of people don't want to do that. What some of the things that you have done that have helped you, like network better, get out there, push yourself more. How do you like assist? Uh, like when you're speaking to other entrepreneurs who are listening. Okay. So, um, I I'm I'm a very I would say I'm a networker, but you have to be very deliberate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten, you know, people come to me and say, hey, you, you know people, you have these networks and all that. But I believe, you are. yes, it's mm. about <laughs> it's about being deliberate about it. Where do I want to belong? What networking organization do I want? What events do you want to do? I, I feel, and I will tell the women out there, you need to put yourself there. You need to be there because nobody will ever know about you if you're not there. Someone will even ask you, if you do this, interviews and all that don't you think it's too you know you're exposing yourself no just go for it it's either you go you have to go big and hard or there's nothing as in between so for me in networking be deliberate and know what exactly you want as i said there's a lot of conversation about agribusiness are you in places where people are discussing that the future of it when our government says about a bottom-up approach, it will start targeting with the farmers. What benefit are you bringing? So have been those networks. For me, in my industry, being the associations within that um, industry, like there's a Potato Council of Kenya, you're part of it. So because that's where you meet all the players in the industry. So for me, is you have to put yourself out there and you have to be deliberate about it so that you work, uh, you, you, know, you work hard for it. So, Wanjiro, we want to thank you so much for your inspiring journey. And thank you for reminding us and showing us that it's possible to create multiple streams of income and businesses and reminding us that us as women are indeed the backbone of the African economy. And so before we wind up, we have this uh, tradition that we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're gifting you with a billboard, okay? Mm -hmm. It's both digital and also there's going to be a physical one on Uhuru Highway. So complete this sentence. Entrepreneurship is... Just tell us, what does entrepreneurship (laughs) mean to you? (laughs) Entrepreneurship is um, solving uh, problems in the society as well as um, having an impact to your immediate economy. Yeah. I love that. 
That's a great parting <laughs> shot. Yes. You're going to put it on uh, Uru Highway. Yeah, one day. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. But one day. The day is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Overreactors. You definitely have been listening to the Overreact podcast, a space where we openly ask the tough questions and have had conversations to trigger change. A special thanks to Coffee C9, where this recording took place. If you are a content creator, please come through. It's a spot where you can get creative. Do check them out. Tune in every Monday right here on Capital FM from 10.30 p.m. EAT. And you can listen to us digitally too via SoundCloud on Capital FM Kenya page. And also you can follow us on Sister Speaks Global Podcast pages on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and Google. You can also interact with us and follow us on Sister Speaks 254 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and also follow Overreact Podcast on Instagram too. You've been listening to your hosts, Monica Mohoya and farming is the new gold. It's your girl Angela Wamboy and um, man, the sky is not the limit when it comes to the service industry. So thank you so much, Wanjiro, for your nuggets. You've been listening to Lush Angela, and I think one thing to take from it is if you start right, you have a longer game plan. So, ladies, let's, let's overreact. overreact.